Hello and hi there. Welcome to episode 77 of Rant and Rave Wrestling. I'm your host, the unprofessional Gray Govison, and I'm joined by the double R superstar, Roy the Roy Row. Ba 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 baran. And the head of the table, Blake Short. A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton. What is up with you guys already? I'm so confused. Anyway, today we will discuss WrestleMania and Keith Lee, all leading to the R&R Battle Royal featuring Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown Live. Before we get to all that, let's talk about our week. Blake, you want to get us started? Yeah, yeah. So this week was whew, a learning experience for me. Uh, I told you guys about my business and I closed my first client. I've been trying to find an assistant to help out because it's really mainly for like prospecting and stuff like that. That way I don't have too much on my plate all at once. And I went through this program the last few weeks and somebody had reached out about a virtual assistant, which if you're not aware of what that is, is basically virtual assistants typically come from the Philippines or somewhere overseas where labor rates are a lot cheaper than they are here. So instead of paying somebody like, let's say, I was like, Greg, can you help me out and paying Greg $16, $17 an hour, $15 an hour over in the Philippines, really closer to like three to $4 an hour is a lot of money for them. So typically what you'll see is people outsource that work over to them, get a little bit of help and kind of take some things off your plate. Um, And that's still something I'm kind of struggling with, to be honest, because like I've actually been researching in the last like few days, like just to make sure that is enough money for them. Because the last thing that I want to do is bring somebody on the team and they're like struggling or they're just in a position financially where I'm not helping them. So I've really been trying to understand that because I have absolutely no knowledge of the Philippines whatsoever. So anyway, that breaks me down into my week because I did some interviews for the first time, which was a really weird experience because I'm used to being in the interview and trying to get the job instead of being the one giving the interview. And I think I was more nervous being in this role than I was actually doing an interview. It was really interesting. I wanted to find the right questions to ask. Um, I wanted to kind of get a gauge of what motivated them, like what inspires them, what, what even made them want to take on this job, different things like that. And it was, it was a really unique experience, definitely a learning experience. And I ended up interviewing 10 people and surprisingly their English was like really well. Like you couldn't even tell, like Holly could hear the zoom calls from upstairs. And she was like, I thought you, you were hiring like somebody from the Philippines. She could hear them upstairs and she's like, their English was like perfect. So that was something that was a little surprising to me that I, I didn't come in with that expectation. Uh, another thing that happened during the interview process, which is a little disappointing, was one of the better interviewees, uh, hers got kind of messed up because Champ was downstairs and he thought it'd be a good idea to growl and paw me during this whole interview because he wanted to go outside. And I feel a little guilty because, to be honest, there were three people who really stood out out of the ten. And I honestly feel like this girl would have got the job had it not been for Champ. So Champ may have ruined it for her, unfortunately, because I was so distracted trying to shoo him away. And Roy, you would understand this with the cats at home, how distracting some of that can be. Trying to focus in on this conversation, ask questions and listen and take notes. And Champ's over there just constantly trying to get my attention. So unfortunately, that did happen and I felt bad. But... She was so qualified that I believe she's probably already with somebody else. Like she had a really good interview, but it was a really cool experience. Definitely unique. I have somebody starting on Monday. 
Uh, she, she was in her mid thirties, had a newborn. So I kind of liked the idea that, you know, she was starting a family and I felt like she was really motivated and got a good vibe from her. So I'm really excited about it. And I just want to make sure that I don't let her down as a leader. So that's kind of where my head's been at this week. All right. I used to do uh, a lot of interviews at CVS. What were some of your, what were some of the questions you came up with that you were asking? So a lot of my questions were based off of personality. So I asked, you know, what motivates you? What are your skill sets? What are your weaknesses? I wanted to hear both. I had, of course, you know how bad my memory is now. I had everything jotted down. A lot of it was really set towards strengths and weaknesses. Um, what made you want to take on this job? Have you done this job before? Obviously getting prior work experience, stuff like that. So it was just really focused on motivation, personality, past experiences and things of that nature. They used to give us templates for questions and they were all, I, my heart was not in these interviews at all. And I think sometimes they would come off awkward because of that, but I, I had no faith in the questions. Like it'd be like, explain to tell me about a time that you and someone you didn't know that well worked together to resolve a problem. Uh, what, why are you passionate about working for CVS? Nine times out of 10, it's like a 16 to 20 year old. They're not passionate about passionate it. They're trying to make some money. And then they throw in that one random question. Have you ever unknowingly taking a pencil or pen or some paper clips home from a job? Like, why is that question even in there? Like, is no. that your setup for theft? Like, it was nothing. It was nothing like that. <laughs> these, these weren't stupid questions like that. It was really just trying to get a gauge of what motivates them. I even asked them, like, what do you do for fun? You know, just I wanted to get some personality. I wanted to get some vibes from them. I wanted to see what the hell made them even want to take on this interview in the first place. Different things like that. And it, it was it was pretty powerful stuff, man. It was definitely eye opening for me just being the first time. And I think what what really like opened my eyes was how nervous I was to in the interview. The end, yeah. Like because I felt like I should be comfortable. And it's just it's natural to be nervous in, in new situations. And then to see how nervous some of them were as well. It was almost uncomfortable. I felt bad because I know that feeling on the other side too, because there were a lot of them that you could tell just like flustering like didn't know what to say yeah. I kept the, catch them off guard with a question and it's there's no issue with that a lot of them were younger too it was a couple of 22 23 year olds so i totally understood it just at the end of the day they weren't really the fit for me well that's really cool to hear you you growing the business even more and inadvertently creating situations where you can continue to challenge yourself uh, if i had any criticism i guess it would be get your damn dog under control i was <laughs> Dude, I was so I was so disappointed, and I've I've been thinking about it for the last two days. Like, should I have hired her? And and it's not even um, it's not towards the other woman that I hired. I think she's a good fit. I just I wish I would have not had that situation happen and really been able to gauge which one was the better fit because they were really close. So it was like one A one B, and uh, Champ just he finds his way, man. I need to get I need to get an office. Working from home is is not easy at all so hopefully down the line i can start really getting things together and just get an office all right i'll go ahead next and it's because i realize again i really don't have much to say here and it's because of that that i am committed next week it'll be the return of the seven days of roy so i i, I will make a note <laughs> Once per day of something that I'm up to so that I can actually have some content when we get to this part. Uh, the only thing I have to say for this week is WrestleMania season's coming up. 
I'm very excited for that. Uh, big pay-per-views is usually when I do a lot of like, we usually do a lot of house cleaning. So today specifically, Antonio, myself, and Wingate have uh, plans to clean as soon as we're done here so that we can just look forward to WrestleMania week. Yeah, and Wingate's already getting started. I saw, he's, got I saw. A, he's got a head start on you guys. Yep. All right. Uh, so my, my week, it's, it's been kind of uneventful. Uh, I did take off uh, of work from Thursday until Tuesday, so I got a pretty nice little time off, nice little reset, getting a little overwhelmed by a few things. So I definitely need the 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 break right now. Well, what motivates you? Um, his name <laughs> is Blake Short. <laughs> uh, so um, really, th- we went to the zoo yesterday. Um, they were. You picked the worst day, bro. You it have is, to talk about that. Like it was a winter day yesterday, it, a cold winter day. It really was. Um, I, I mean, you guys know me. I don't typically get cold that easy or anything. So, I was actually sweating after a while, like with my coat and everything on. I'm like, man, this, I'm actually hot right now. Um, we kept Harper pretty warm. Um, at the end, we. We uh we took her out of her coat and everything like that before we we headed home, and she was hot, like I like to the touch. She was she was warm. Um, so Kim on the other hand, Kim Kim is cold in ninety degree weather. So I don't know how she even made it as long as we did. But uh, it was it was fun. Uh, we uh Harper's been to the zoo a couple times, but this has really been the first time that she's kind of acknowledged that there's animals there. So. She loves to say hi to people and wave and she's acknowledging every every baby or every little kid that goes by and like waving. And she would see a couple animals and she would like move her hand a little bit, but like she didn't seem interested. She saw the giraffes and her eyes lit up and she is waving at these giraffes and everything. I wish she could have seen um over the thing for the cuz she was in the the stroller the whole time and I wish she could have seen over the the little wall right there. But the lion literally like it's it's mane rubbed against the glass. Like that's how close it was. And I think she would have, you know, liked seeing that or whatever. Uh but we, we had a good time. It was an Easter event. Could have done it a lot better. Um, not not crowded by any means. And they had maybe four little stations set up that they were talking about, like you would get some candy or little like whatever. Literally four pieces of candy. Like one piece of candy per, per thing. Station. They have the little social distancing shoots, and one shoot would it would get stuck halfway down. Another shoot it would it would shoot out so fast it would hit the people. Uh, some shoots it would come all the way to the end. You'd have to reach your hand up anyway to grab the rest. It it was not a great setup. Uh, their Easter bunny outfit needs a big washing. Um, it looks it looks as if it was a white rabbit that they just got out of the wild. Like it's fur was, was not white. Um, so it could definitely be done a lot better. Uh, it was more so for Harper and the fact that she, she's acknowledging the animals and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, couple new words this week. Uh, we have Minnie now. Uh, so she's now got Mickey and Minnie down. Um, her new favorite thing is to point at pictures of people and name them. So it's a lot of hi pop pop and point at my dad or point at Kim's uh, stepdad, um, my mom, which is the absolute like 
it's like a gut punch, but at the same time, like, oh my God. So you guys know how, how I was with my grandmother. Never. Just because don't want to confuse her and, and have her grow up going, well, how come I've never seen this person? You know what I mean? Like later in life, let her know, like that was, that was my grandmother. She passed away. Kid you not. Now I'm getting chills thinking about it. She just pointed at her picture and went, mama, what in the world? So she'll do this thing where she'll point in a random part of the room. So in her bedroom, uh, Kim's grandmother's rocker is there and she called her Nan and she'll point over towards the rocker and say, Nan, and she's in her bedroom, just like jabbing away. Like, who are you talking to? And she'll point over in that corner and go, Nan. And then, so with my grandmother, I was holding her and she was just like randomly started like mumbling. And I'm like, who are you talking to? And she kept pointing. You guys know how I have that cutout between the living room and the kitchen. And she kept pointing right in the, right there, not at the picture, right there and going, my mom. I'm like, what do you mean talking to my mom? And she'd point right there. Every time she says she's talking to my mom, she points in the same spot. It's the most ridiculous thing. They say kids are more susceptible to that if you're a believer. I am a believer in, in stuff like that. But it's just crazy that she points in the same spot. She's never met them and she knows who they are. So that's one of those things. It's like, whoa. Um, and the, the crazier thing is Kim was telling someone she worked with. Her, she has three kids. The older two have met her grandmother, the the lady that she works with grandmother. They saw a picture of her and didn't even remember who she was. The youngest one who had never met her said exactly who she was. So it's it's crazy with stuff like that. But that was my week. Uh, I'm not going to ramble on anymore about it. Uh, so let's move forward, guys. Uh, Fightful says that Keith Lee has been absent from WWE television since February due to health reasons and has been actively trying to get cleared for a return. It is also stated that Lee was penciled in to pin Riddle for the U.S. belt at Elimination Chamber. Blake, would you have liked to see Lee as the U.S. champion? And do you do you have faith in any further push once he comes back? Yeah, I would have liked to see Keith Lee as champion. When we were talking about this match, we were excited about the possibility of Keith Lee being the champion. We were a little worried at the route that he was taking because he had lost his you know WWE championship match with Drew McIntyre. But I feel like that match wasn't a downfall for Lee. I was okay with it because just how how hot Drew McIntyre was at the time and still is, and Keith did put on a really good performance in that match. I didn't feel like it knocked him down at all. I felt like it was a sign of things to come for him to eventually be a WWE champion. So I was okay with a mid-card run to kind of cool things off. But now I don't really know what we're going to get out of Keith Lee. And I'm a little worried because... The push for Keith was a little inconsistent. He it started off strong, then it tapered off really quick, and then it seemed like we were bringing him back up, and then everything happened with COVID and with the health issues that he's dealing with now. So I don't really know what we're going to get out of Keith Lee. I do think we would have gotten a better U.S. title reign out of Keith Lee than Riddle. I love Riddle personally, but he feels more like a joke than anything. And while that fits his character, it kind of sucks to see that on a, a belt that was really elevated by Lashley and now just feels like it's back to where it was before. It feels Lashley. like a placeholder type yeah, of situation. And, and I think if Keith Lee had that belt, it would still have that same importance that it had when Bobby Lashley had it. Okay. All right, Roy. WrestleVote says WWE is considering not booking a kickoff show for night one of Mania. 
stating that the first entrance in front of fans is something special. Now, I think I speak for all three of us when I say a WrestleMania entrance can be very amazing, and I think we all love them when they're done right. So, for you, my question is, who should have the first entrance, and what would you like to see out of it? So, this was a very good question, actually. I thought this was really creative. This was a fun one. I had a lot of fun uh, trying to think of my answer. The first, the first name that came to mind for me was Drew McIntyre, and the reason for that is because I feel like he really carried a lot of WWE through the pandemic, and I'm not sure... I'm sure that had to be so challenging, um, especially for it to be like his first major run with the title and just no audience. I mean, this this was a this was a tough task, and Drew did a great job. He's he's come out of it looking like uh, one of the top tier guys. However, with Drew wrestling later on in the night, I felt like that was not super likely. So I challenged myself a little bit more, and I came up with my official answer: somebody that I think. Uh, Handled the pandemic just as well. Somebody that's not even on the WrestleMania card. And I would give the uh, first entrance to Bailey. Now, what I do with her, I don't know exactly. We're probably going to have a giant door somewhere that she's going to come through. (laughs) And I'm just going to let her come out there and say whatever she wants to say. Uh, If it's me personally, I'm using night one to set up a match for Bailey for night two. Because it's a crime that she's not on the card. Okay. Um, I don't know if you put any thought into it, Blake. But is there any... No, I I did it because normally the question is suited for that one person and not anybody right. else. I think it's I was a great just curious question. with you know, uh, but I like I like the idea of Drew. That would be my choice personally, and I actually feel like that has a good chance of happening. I really, do. I think it does. I I do too. I think that that would be a great show opener. Um, we don't need the WWE title. We can end with the women's title if we need to. Yep. Um, but for. It's it's the WWE Championship, right? The yeah. Swap. Sh- okay. Uh, with the WWE Championship, I I think that would be a great way to start Mania. I think they've specifically said though that it's the main event. It is the last match. Everything's the main event at WrestleMania. No, I, I think, feel like I think it's officially the last match. The actual okay. Because I wanted the women's. To, this this is how I know because I wanted the women's. When you have two nights, what NXT is doing, it's the perfect time to put that women's championship in the main event. One of them was a Rumble winner, so it's easy. Both nights could have a Rumble winner in the main event. But I think they're definitely going with uh, Drew and Lashley to close out. Yeah, okay. I-, I think it would be better to have them start and have have uh, Sasha and Bianca. I agree. Event, and if we're going to talk about just me. it being someone, and this was my thought process too. It's funny how we all thought about like someone who carried through the COVID era and kind of an unsung hero through it. Roman, or not Roman, um, Randy Orton. So Randy Orton and Fiend kind of opening up, I could see a pretty decent entrance out of both of them. Um, I Let's just get into our, our open topics we since we're kindly there have, already, yeah. which is WrestleMania. I wanted it more so to be WrestleMania Night 1 so that next week it could kind of be WrestleMania Night 2 and we're not dragging everything on. So um, just from, from what we know about Night 1. What is the card for Night 1, do you know? So I'll, I'll go ahead and pull that up. Um, because my idea was kind of like we talked about, uh, I'll go through the, the card. We're not going to talk about everything. We'll each pick a match that we were interested in in our hype level for that night. And we'll go ahead and, uh, and talk about that. So night one WrestleMania card looks to be, if they give me the list instead of just telling me like, Hey, night one is this, 
I should have had this up ahead of time, and that's my fault. So, keep talking to fill the air. Yeah, I don't know what. Okay, here we go. So we have the Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre match. We have Sasha and Bianca, uh, Bad Bunny and The Miz, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Let The Miz open. Let The Miz open. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Um, the New Day and versus AJ Styles and Omos, Shane and Braun, and that's that's night one. Um, I can tell you the match that I'm least interested in. Oh. And that's I, the cage match between Shane and Braun. Yeah. There's no way you can escape this. Really? Yeah. Maybe really? Braun is stupid. Oh, <laughs> he is. <laughs> so, I'll go last. Roy, What's what match are you looking forward to the most? Did you say almost and AJ was on that card? Correct. Uh, on night one, it might be that, actually. Uh, just because I was, I'm so interested to see what almost can do uh, on, tr- on the... <laughs> on the conference call for NXT, stand and deliver. Please shoot me if I hear that anymore <laughs> on Wednesday night. Uh, Triple H was doing the conference call for NXT, and he said he, he had some really nice things to say about Omos and actually said that we would be surprised come WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we know what to expect from New Day and AJ. They're all top-tier talent. Omos is just such a question mark. Uh, I think he's 27 years old. He's like seven foot three. I can't wait to see what this guy can do. Wingate has said a few times, this is kind of an alternate timeline where we get to see what would happen if Shaq had went into wrestling. Right. You know, to have that big, huge, athletic guy. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's it for me. I have to agree. I am. I do like that one a lot. Go I ahead, like Blake. that one as well. But I'm not leaving Drew and Bobby Lashley for you, Greg. You probably should have went. Before I wasn't. Me. I wasn't going with that one because that's, I felt like that was. That's definitely the the top of my list. I've loved what they've done with Bobby Lashley. I I had been pushing for Lashley to get a push for a long time. I hated the storyline back when they were doing the Lana stuff. I felt like there was just a misuse of Lashley. They've really corrected and righted the ship in the past year. He carried the United States Championship. Elevated, elevated that title to the point where he could not elevate it anymore and needed to get it off him because he was more important than that title. And they immediately took action and put the WWE Championship on him. And Drew McIntyre feels just as important to me. They've done such a great job with him during this COVID era. Uh, from start to finish, he has never tapered off since everything has changed over from last year's WrestleMania. Even when he didn't have the title, there was never a period where Drew didn't feel as important to me. So this match is huge. I'm honestly okay with either one of them winning. I was going to ask you that, really. You're okay with Lashley losing that? I am. I am. I I don't think... I get that you'd be happy for Drew, but really... I I think the right call is Lashley, because I want him to have a a longer reign than, you know, what, a month, month and a half? I I think it would be so disrespectful to take it off of Bobby that quick. Like, you clearly had no faith or belief in in what you were doing. You just used this to get another match for Drew at that point. Yeah, my my hope would be that if he does lose it that quick, that he's still in the title picture and wins it back again at a, at a decent period of time. Because I've, I've also been in this, this position where title reigns are consistently so long now that I, I kind of like shorter reigns here and there. I, I really enjoyed what they did with Miz and just a really quick, he got the title because of the circumstances of Money in the Bank, dropped it really quick to Lashley. I could, I could really, I could live with McIntyre getting it back and Lashley beating him in a month or two and getting it back. I really could. Uh, do I think it's the right decision? The right decision is for Lashley to win. But my hope would be if Drew does win, 
that Lashley does get it back from him. The biggest issue is the way, and we'll dig into this in the weekly, and I think it's part of your thinking as well. The biggest issue is the way they're pushing the match right now. And we'll talk about that this week. Because they are making it to where if Lashley loses, he looks really bad. And they didn't have to go that route. I feel like they're on a path of Drew wins it more so because of the pop he deserves from everything. They're trying to get that for him. And then I do think it gets back on Lashley at maybe the next pay-per-view or something. I do I do think Drew wins, but I do think Lashley gets it back. I think this is more so for Drew and then Lashley gets the title back type of situation. And I'm okay with that because yeah. of what Drew did during right. this he era. Right, he deserves it, but I do also want it back Bobby Lashley. Lashley shouldn't be the person to take the loss unless he gets yeah. it back. I, I Exactly. I, I think the best decision is for Lashley to retain. However, if they do want to give that pop for Drew because of last year, I'm okay with that. But, but Lashley, Lashley needs, needs to, to get, get it that back. back. Yep. Um, so th- those are the two matches I'm looking forward to the most. I would have to say, not there's not even much story behind this. Just a match that I'm more so excited about, given it's his first singles match at a WrestleMania. Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Cesaro has been more than deserving to have a WrestleMania moment. And it seems like if, if he gets one, it comes in and Andre, the, the giant memorial battle royal, whether he's throwing the big guy over. Don't bring that up. I don't. Anyway, uh, that's the type of moments he gets at WrestleMania. Here, let's make an official prediction, okay, guys? <laughs> okay. At WrestleMania, how many times does he swing Seth Rollins? What's Thirty-seven. That's what I think too. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah, that's it's right. It's got to yeah. be okay. thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Um. So, it it's he needs this. Um. I I, I feel like he is going to get this, and he absolutely deserves it. So I'm excited to watch that. Cesaro is. He's got to be the biggest underdog of WWE for the last decade. He's he's amazing, and they just don't ever use him right. Give this man a push. He doesn't have to be the biggest champion or anything like that, but at least give him the push he deserves. And which which women's matches on night one? Uh, Sasha and Bianca. How do you guys feel about that match? They lost me. They lost me. Yeah, the storyline has not been good. This would have been... I mean, I was so excited that... Bianca won the Rumble, and I wanted Bianca and Sasha, but the build has been terrible, in my opinion, to the point where I'm not as excited as I should be. Bianca has to win this match. Yeah, and that's so the, the build for me has made it to where I look at the situation. I guess it didn't push either person forward. It made me dislike Sasha so much. I mean, I already, when I liked both of them, I wanted, and I wanted, I still want the match. We're better off for, ha- for having it. Yeah, me um, too. I always wanted Bianca to win. But I didn't necessarily want Sasha to lose. Now, after a few weeks, I'm like, I'm ready for Sasha to lose because I'm just I'm tired of dealing with her, all the nonsense that comes along with her. I love Bianca's like staying focused. I love all of that. I definitely want Bianca to win, but I I agree they've they've lost me with the build the last few weeks. They they did that thing where they wanted her to be heel so bad they forced you to dislike her instead of make, making it more of a natural transition to heel. And they tend to do that when they really want to get somebody over. They overdo it to the point where it breaks the illusion. You see, yeah, you see, you're it. forced into you're you're being told to see this yeah, person and, in that way instead of making that decision. For we yourself. don't like that. The wrestling fans have been watching for a long time. We want to make our own decisions. Mm-hmm. There's heels that we want to enjoy and root for. We we want to have that decision to ourselves. And sometimes WWE they don't give us that. And in return, I think it it takes a lot away from the match. All right, I'm going to 
take us off track for just a brief moment because I realize we won't have a chance to talk about this Saturday. And that is NXT Stand and Deliver. Just tell me, guys, what are you most looking forward to from the two nights on that? For me, it is by far Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa because I know Ciampa is the guy that can give, that can go toe to toe and do the physicality with Walter. I've been watching a lot of Walter clips the last couple weeks, man. I watched one. They did the Symphony of Walter, and they lined his chops up to the beat of his music. And I don't know who this poor soul that he was beating on, but, I mean, the handprint, it was just red and, like, bloody, like, stringy. It looked like blood. It was nasty looking. And I'm so excited to see these two go to war. It is very important to me that Walter win this. I can tell you now, there's no part of me that's going to like this match if he doesn't. This is one of those matches where I'm like all in on the winner, but definitely, definitely hyped. This may even be one. This may even be my most anticipated out of all of WrestleMania week. Honestly, how about you guys? What are you looking forward to most with NXT? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to the uh, the Eliminator or whatever the Battle Royal is to go on to face Gargano. I like not knowing who it's going to be, um, just because I also feel like that does go against Gargano a little bit, but hey, it's part of the way. I think Gargano gets it done, but I think... Can you explain that a little bit? Because I'm actually a little confused as to what's going on. So they did the Battle Royal. So the Battle... I I gotcha, because this is... is, I doubt it makes the list, but this was on my uh, rave side. Mine too, Because I like the concept. So they did the big Battle Royal. There's going to be a gauntlet match on night one. Whoever wins that gauntlet will face Johnny Gargano on night two. On night two. And, but what's great about the Battle Royal was not only did it decide who was going to be in the gauntlet, but the order of elimination decided the order of the gauntlet. I did get that. So yeah, it was so all, it was all really well done. Was, I thought it was a great way to get a contender. I loved the fact that it was 11 or 12 guys, whatever it was, but only, what, six of them got to yep. make it. So I, I thought that was a really cool concept, too. Um, it yeah, wasn't, so it wasn't just like just we're deciding yeah. the thing. We're also deciding the contenders in this match. It wasn't one of those WWE things of like, oh, you're going to be the last entry if you win it, and then that's it. But no, it was a cool concept. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most, uh, just because I'm I'm really I'm really interested to see how they play this one out because you have L.A. Knight who won yeah. the Battle Royal, but you also have this storyline with Loomis. So we feel like it's going to be one of those two. Am I right? It's Bronson Reed. I feel like it's somebody else. I feel like it's like Cameron Grimes. And I'd be okay with that. But I'm I'm excited to see who they pull there. Can and I ask you an goes, honest question? Yeah. Did LA Knight win that match? Yeah. yeah. I am so checked out on him already. Yep. I in my head he didn't win that match. So Loomis did. I really when I watched it, I was like, oh, I like I kind of when it got down to those two, it was one of those things where I tapered off because I'm like, Loomis is winning this. And then I look up and see L.A. Knight throw him out. And I'm like, hold on. That's funny. What yeah. just happened? I must have had the same moment, but my brain just convinced me. Like, no, Loomis yeah. won. And, and I was like, I saw I saw it was down to those two. I'm like, L.A. Knight's getting thrown out. Like, that's just where they've gone with him so far. Um, all right, guys. With that being said. Oh, sorry, Blake. You go ahead. That's my bad. <laughs> what was your, your most okay. anticipated? My most anticipated is going to be Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. You know what? You can't go wrong there. Yeah, I... I just I love what they've done with this. I I think their promos they absolutely crushed it last week. They really got me engaged in this rivalry. They've done such a good job of telling the kind of the behind the scenes of Undisputed Era and the evolution and and things that changed in Kyle O'Reilly's heart and his mind. 
But things that didn't change for Adam Cole. He was still the same asshole. I wonder, is this the best told story going into WrestleMania it's week? One, it's for sure one of the best if it's mm-hmm. not. Maybe, I guess, Edge, Orton, and Roman would be the only ones to really give him a run, I, mean, I think. Ed, Edge, Brian. I said Orton, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, Edge, Brian, and uh, Roman. Let that grit go, man. Who did I, ro- who did I leave out? Edge Brian. the first time? No, you had Edge, Orton, Wait, you said Edge Orton Edge. and Roman, so you left out Brian. Damn, I left out Daniel Bryan and put That's in messed Orton. up, man. Now I gotta listen back, because I think he left out Roman. I thought he said Edge, Orton, Brian. Either way, I know Orton was said, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> that, that reminds me, uh, two weeks in a row, when watching AEW, Wingate has called Christian Edge. And oh, it's just no. the most disrespectful oh, thing. That is so wow. fucked up. I mean, um, they both have stated that they're going to work hard. That's true. They're okay. very hard workers. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely O'Reilly and Cole for me. I, I do... I do think it's a little crazy that none of us mentioned Cross, not Roy, but Cross and Balor. I have nothing. That, that, that is high on my list. I have yeah, I've got zero. Nothing. Yeah, that is high on my list. I think that's going to be a really good match. And yeah, I, I trust them to deliver on the match. And and I think if there were if we had two other people on this podcast, would that match would definitely be talked about as one of the first <laughs> ones. But O'Reilly and Cole is ahead of that for me for sure. So then let's get into the question we ask every time. What is your? I'm not even going to talk about the NXT thing. Okay. But back to the mania. What is your hype level for night one going into this? Night one going in, uh, my hype level is high because it's WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know that WWE has done their part as much as I would like them to with some of the stories here. But the the name alone, the name alone will carry it for me, and I know that the matches will will deliver. So I'll put it at about an eight or a nine for me. Blake, uh, my hype level would be higher if it was all in one night, Greg. Shut but the fuck up. because they separated it, it's a little confusing because I have to remember what matches are on what night, and I'm not good at that because my memory sucks. Just know the best match out of it all is going to be Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, probably. I and and I know what night that match is because I'm looking forward to it the most. Yep. But I would say I'm at about a, an eight, an eight. I I, okay. I think an eight is fair. There are some matches there that I'm not looking forward to, like Shane and Braun. There are some matches that should have been higher on my list, like Sasha and Bianca. But overall, I'm looking forward to the presentation of WrestleMania. Yeah. Fans being back, um, seeing that again, it's it's almost going to be like a a vision of hope moving forward to see that you know to start seeing those steps and of fans in the stands. Speaking of vision of hope, just the Throw it off track real quick because I forgot to mention Thanks it. Thanks for cutting me off, asshole. I'm just it, it involves <laughs> you. It involves you. The fact that we're gonna be going to a baseball game. Yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy to think <laughs> that was that we're going field. to a sporting event. Yes, yeah, so there yeah. is a left field there. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. It's just thinking of that mindset of being back in the stands. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing fans in the stands. I actually wish I was there. Yeah. And to see that and know that Hopefully, in the near future, I can go to a wrestling event, something that I have missed very much to go to any event, really, but especially wrestling and sporting events. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think the presentation is really going to be on point. Uh, Tampa has a really nice stadium. They they better use those damn cannons. They better find a way to use those cannons uh, and that pirate ship. Somebody's got to get up on that damn pirate ship. I have ship. a feeling the stage itself is going to be like a pirate ship. I, 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 I'm I really excited for the presentation. I always am for Mania, and we didn't get that last year. So I, I'm excited. I, I really am. I, I do think I do think some of these storylines could have been a little bit better, as Roy said. 
But overall, it's fucking WrestleMania. Let's go. It's going to be great. <laughs> so, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say it, guys. My I I absolutely hate this build to WrestleMania. But it's WrestleMania. It's it's the like Blake said, the having the people back in the stands. It's the thinking back to Roy and I being at five manias total together. Like uh, you know, all of that I'm going in with a 10, man. I am excited <laughs> for this it. weekend. I love it. I am absolutely excited for WrestleMania this weekend. I thought about it, and I was like, man, this has got to be one of the worst builds the Mania in a, since, other than the Mania, Daniel Bryan, like, the only thing we had was Daniel Bryan going into that. What was that, 30? Or, or 31? Whatever that was. This has been probably one of the worst builds for me going into a Mania but it's mania, and I'm hyped. And and even when we get a bad build, we still end up getting a really good show. Well, if you if you recall, actually, it seems like the trend is a bad build leads and a to really a really good show. show. One of my favorite manias was, I believe, 31 with Seth Rollins, and we were not very excited for that mania. And I will tell you what, at the end of that night, we were we jumping were up and down and shit. Yeah, at how much fun we had that night. That was so really good. Hopefully, that's a sign of things to come. Alright guys, so let's get into it. Let's get into the part of the week that we are all here for the most. And that is Rant and Rave Wrestling. This week's rotation is Gerb. That is Greg Roy Blake. I am going to get us started for the week. I am going to get us started with a rave. And it is going to go to AEW. And it is the Arcade Anarchy. And I thought by far, hands down, this was the greatest match of the week. This match... This match was just so much fun. It had everything. It had uh, Statlander coming back, which I honestly I forgot about her. So I'm excited to have someone who was who was making a name for themselves in the women's division come back and hopefully be a part of it. We had Trent come back, and most importantly, we had the return of Blake. You want to let them know, bro? Sue is top five in wrestling. <laughs> Trent's mom in this minivan. When I tell you that I popped. For this minivan. I am not lying to you. I popped when I seen this minivan coming up. And I was like that's got to be fucking Sue. The excitement for me to see Sue back. And bring Trent in. I don't know what they did to me. AW. I don't know what this even is for me. But I love it. So let me tell you. That I actually got so happy. When Miro couldn't get on top of the van. And he slipped off. And I was like yeah you don't fuck with Sue's van. I said that out loud like. I had so much fun I've with this. I've never been so against Miro until that moment. Right. I was like, you asshole. Don't touch that, like, man. As, and here's the thing. like I knew We knew where the table was set up. You know the whole time this is set up for a spear. And then it happened, and I was still happy as shit that it happened, even though I knew it was coming. Um, the fact that Statlander came out of a claw machine full of aliens. like The, the things that they put into this. The fact that... 90%? I think the Chris Statlander thing was a Toy Story reference, which makes it even more hilarious. To well, me. yeah, but it's also because she calls herself an alien, right? And the yeah, yeah, but I get it. Was the claw, claw machine. machine? No, right. you're right. I get it. Um, I loved that a lot of these arcade machines were actually working arcade machines. Like there was legit a Mortal Kombat like going on. Like the whole setup and everything that went into it was awesome. I mean. There's not really much else to say other than it was super fun to watch. AEW seems to bring in these new types of matches, and you don't know what to really expect out of it, but you end up at least having fun watching it. Arcade Anarchy was the best thing in wrestling this week for me as well. 
uh, Chris Statlander coming back. I'm so excited for that. When it when the match first started, it it didn't look like it was going to be very good. I was a little concerned with. Uh, I they I guess when you when they said the arcade, I'm picturing a lot more like arcade cabinets and stuff like that. And they went a little more like traditional arcade with like pool tables, ticket prizes, stuff like that. It didn't look like there was a lot of opportunity for the match to be all that different. And they certainly proved me wrong with that. They ended up going all over the place. Trent ends up Trent ends up looking like an absolute star in my mind. I love I loved when he popped up for the save. Miro looked like a monster. I mean, no matter what offense they gave to him, his shoulders wouldn't go down. And unfortunately, what we had predicted is the case. Kip Sabian was kind of the weakest link in the situation. He ended up getting pinned. And I don't think this ends well for Kip because I don't think Miro's going to be very happy. So, um, one, that chair cost 20,000 tickets and he did not pay up. Yeah, I, that's I, how would you feel about some kind of system where the referee distributes like Just, tickets that would have based been hilarious. On, on their performance in the ring? And it's like, here you go, there's some tickets, so they can trade them in for the weapon. My only concern is the way that this happened at the end with Statlander giving the hug with the best friends is is she being added to this? Because I feel like AEW is I feel like when they put their cards in on something, they really put their cards in on something. And I feel like we're going down this path of factions in AEW now. I just feel like there's just new factions that keep popping up, new alliances. And whereas before it was like tag teams. And then just, I feel like they throw all their cards on the table on one thing. And I feel like we're in that phase where we're just getting a lot of group uh, groups of wrestlers. Like nobody is by themselves. Nobody's a singles wrestler. Everybody either has a partner in some sense or a group that they're a part of. That's the only thing I'm worried about with this. Yeah, so it's interesting you bring that up because that is an open mic topic I have planned after WrestleMania. Uh, AEW is nothing but factions at this point. Um, I have my opinion on that. I'm excited to see what your guys' opinion is going to end up being. Uh, I have no problem with Statlander joining them right now as like a short-term thing. That shouldn't be where she's at all the time, I guess. No, I, I mean, I guess really I'd prefer to just be by yourself. Now that I think about it, I don't think she should be aligned with them. Um, I wish somebody would win the damn women's title and just wrestle every week. So if Chris Statlander doesn't want to do that, I'd be okay with that too. I agree. So, Roy, your first one of the week? Uh, my first one of the week is going to go to AEW, and it's going to be the Locker Room Wars taking a, another step this week. Obviously, it was so obvious that something was going to be on the other side of that door. So I'll start there. That's maybe the only only criticism I have for the segment. It's way too obvious something was on the other side of the door. But I don't know that I expected it to be just the entire inner circle standing there facing towards them. That was a little bizarre. And MJF's uh, sell on it was great. He just closed the door. He said, we got to go. They're like, oh, he said, well, we got to go. It reminded <laughs> me of like a Scooby-Doo thing where they open all the doors and it's just like they slowly close it and walk away. Inner Circle proceeds to just beat the hell out of the pinnacle. And I enjoyed that so much. They looked like stars again. It's almost hard. Like, I'm going to be rooting for Inner Circle for this. I know that the, the win is way more important for pinnacle. I mean, they need to win it. If you don't, you're not going to be taken seriously at all. Uh, but this really got me behind Inner Circle again. I loved Sammy Guevara doing actual wrestling moves uh, backstage on Sean Spears. Uh, he did the knee strike, knocked him out. 
the spot with the ice bath. Sent was it Ortiz? Ortiz had like broken a chair or something. He took the spike to somebody's head. That was ridiculous. And um, Jer, did I mention Jericho on the bubbly? That was a, that was one of my favorite spots at the yeah. very end when he had the bubbly. He puts MJF in the toilet. MJF is spitting out toilet water. Whole segment uh, was fantastic for me. All right, that'll take it to me, and I'm in the spot that I expected for this week. You guys took two of the top ones for me, for sure. So I'm going to rant because number one on my list this week, if I couldn't rave about those things, is definitely the Hurt Business being broken up on Raw. That is by far my number one rant of the week. Everything that they're doing with this faction is wrong. This was one of my favorite fa- Actually, I think it was my favorite faction in wrestling. And I absolutely loved what they were doing with Lashley. I enjoyed having them have the tag team championships as well. It felt like this was this faction was exactly where they needed to be. And they gave it no time whatsoever. As soon as Lashley won the belt, we pulled the tag team championships off of Shelton and off of Cedric. And then immediately decided we're just going to disband this group in general. And I think it's a huge mistake. And it makes me worried for Bobby Lashley moving forward as well. I don't know what this is going to do for him. I feel like this group was was really nice for him to have. It was clear that he was the head of the pack, but that was okay because the other two started to feel important as well. I just I think it was a horrible decision deep down. I really do. And as AEW is pulling in more factions. WWE is disbanding theirs, and while Retribution didn't mean anything to me, it's clear that the faction role in WWE, they've changed their minds as far as bringing back factions. They're already destroying them, and that's a little heartbreaking for me because I actually do enjoy factions, and this one was my favorite. All right, so it's going to come back to me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give another rave. This one's going to go to SmackDown. And it's going to be Edge's promo in the beginning of the night. We, we've, we've been saying for the last couple of weeks how it's just starting to seem more and more like we're getting the, the rated R superstar back. And the more and more things that he does. And the fact that he acknowledges like, okay, maybe, maybe last week didn't have to happen. Maybe I didn't have to go forward and hit these officials. And then he's like, you know what? No, I did because I'm tired of this. I worked my ass off to get right here. I'm doing what I did. I needed to do. And he's like, he says, I wish I would have hit the concerto on both of them. And then just flat out announces, you know, I, I need this because I am the ultimate opportunist. I am the rated R superstar. And God damn it, I love the fact that he acknowledged that that's what it is. We all knew that that's what it was. We saw it, but the acknowledgement of saying I am the rated R superstar was just one of those moments for me that was just like, yes, like this is the edge I wanted as soon as he came back. And I said it before, the the grit shit, I'm so glad it's gone because this is the edge. This is the edge the WWE deserves. Right? <laughs> All right, my next one is a rave. It's going to be another rave for AEW. Um, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Penta, Laredo Kid, and Ray Phoenix. And the only thing I can tell you about this match is that it was five stars. It was a fun match from start to finish. Uh, I'm going to rave as well. I'm going to give it to Monday Night Raw 
and I'm giving it to the New Day Game Night with AJ and Omos. I'm having a lot of fun with AJ Styles and Omos in these roles, um, to where it's like it's comedy, but you're not making fun of them at the same time. They're not they're not feeling like a joke, but they're part of a joke if that makes sense. Kind of the opposite of Riddle, in a sense. But I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, this is this is typical New Day stuff right here. And almost was not happy about any of this. I love at the end he just snaps because that's how he should be. He's just, he's going to be this big monster guy, right? He's not here for the games. And he he says, you know, these games don't mean anything. This doesn't mean that we can't be tag team champions. Like, I'm big, strong, and I'm going to whoop your ass. Fuck these games. We're not playing these games anymore. I'm serious. I loved all of it. AJ, AJ Styles is hilarious. Like, he is so underrated in how funny he is. And this character, he's really shined with it. Uh, he draws a picture of the sun. He is convinced there is no way that almost doesn't get this. Almost just doesn't care. Almost doesn't want to play this shit. But AJ, he buys in. He's still he's going all in on the games. He draws the sun. He's not happy that almost wasn't able to figure it out. I just I had a lot of fun with this segment once again. If I had one one knock on it, it's that they didn't play Jenga. I'm mad that they <laughs> didn't play Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Um, no, a- dude, AJ Styles, the come on, man, the Lion King. I licked my paws and everything. He, he <laughs> with the crown. Yeah. He's constantly putting a crown on his head. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he said, he's I licked it. my paws and everything. <laughs> he's crushing it. All right. Well, one one thing I didn't, the only th- criticism I had for this, well, I agree with you strongly about the like the joking aspect because it is great. It's like AJ's in on the joke. He's never feels like he's being necessarily mocked. He's always he does a great job at being a part of it. The only thing, the only thing that I didn't like was I don't understand. I wish they had just paid a little bit more attention to detail. I don't know how it's possible for them to draw a name. And then the producers know which name to put up on the screen. And I know that's a, it's such a silly criticism, but it does take me out of the moment. I had made an excuse for it because I saw New Day handing them like, off to the cameramen and stuff. I'm like, okay, maybe they have an earpiece. They can communicate it. AJ like draws his and throws it ringside, and then it pops up on the screen. <laughs> so it that took me out of the moment. All right. So my next one is going to be a rant. It's going to go to AEW. And it's Christian versus Frankie. I don't really even know where to go about this. You know, I, I'm going to more so give this rant to Christian. This man got his ass kicked 98% of the match. After saying, outwork everyone. He didn't outwork anybody. Not a single fucking person. He got lucky enough to hit a move that he never hits anyway. To get the win. The whole time I'm told that the kill switch has put down so many wrestlers over the last couple of years. Really, because the last couple of years up until he left for a while, like, I didn't see the kill switch hit like one fucking time. Hell, I remember there being an on-running joke where a shirt was even made that said hit the switch because he never even hit it. And anyway, that's the only plus about this match is that they're not calling it the unprettier. They are calling it the kill switch. But... Christian didn't outwork shit. Don't don't tell me outwork anyone. Blake and I had had a, a conversation and he 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 hit it on the head. Christian should have just came out and be like, no, nah, I can't do it. I think we talked about it last we week. We talked too. about it last week. And he's like, we we I can't do it this week, next week. 
That would have been so much better than this shitty match. Imagine if he came out and he's got his contract from AEW. Like, they're getting ready to start that match. And he's like, I just reviewed the contract. And I'm not being paid enough to do this match and put this work in. I, we're going to need... Like, he continues to try and renegotiate contracts. He's doing everything he can to get out of work. I would love it. He calls out sick. They could have done so many things that would have made this a fun. He's not character. here tonight. He's got a little bit of an allergy. Yeah, infection. like they could have. There were so many possibilities, and unfortunately, they just didn't take advantage of it. All right, Roy. Next up, I have a rave. Or I'm sorry, a rant from oh. Monday Night Raw. Oh, and it goes to Oscar laying on the floor for 20 minutes. Honestly, I couldn't understand this at all. It was so so bizarre to me. She had got she got hit. The table flipped on her. People come out, they're having whole conversations back and forth, and she just laid there. She was conscious, she was looking up, she just made a decision to lay on the floor as if her life was ending. I can't understand it. I just can't. I had this as well. It was one of the most awkward things to see a champion just lay there during countless promos. And it's not like she was destroyed. I mean, the table hit her in the head. Like, you're going to get up. Right. And she's just laying there. Rhea's like booking matches, tag it's matches awkward. with her and it everything. It was so and awkward. She had, she had, there was no part of her that wanted to retaliate for that. I didn't understand She's it. just laying there like, yeah, now time. We, we accept. And she just kind of looks up at her like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm also going to rant as well. I'm going to give it to Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. They're both getting it. Because Shayna Baszler, how many times could we get a roll-up loss in Do one week? Do I mark week? this twice? Yeah. You can pick they whatever you shit. want. They deserve she it. She is a tag team champion. And I'm going to go into the Raw, which was worse, in my opinion. Because after she suffered the roll-up loss, she cuts a promo and tells me that they've been dominating the division. I just saw you lose ten minutes ago. Then you cut that promo and lost again on SmackDown with a roll-up loss. What are they doing with Shayna? Baszler. I don't get it. She started off, if you recall, when Shayna was called up, she was dominating the division. She went in the Elimination Chamber and destroyed all the women in it. Now, anybody can roll up Shayna. Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Lana, you name it. They all can beat Shayna Baszler with a roll-up now. Shayna Baszler's weakness is what used to be the weakness of the women's division. That was hitting your head on the turnbuckle. If you roll up Shayna Baszler, it's game. It's, it's, it's done. It is so disappointing that they have... It seems like they've started to find their way in the men's tag team division. Yet, the women's tag team division, they rely on the same concepts to set up title matches. Which is have the champion lose on a roll-up or just straight pinfall to set up the championship match. And for months, that's what they've been doing with Shayna Baszler. Nia doesn't suffer it as much, but Shayna definitely does. I feel like I've seen Shayna pinned like 15 times in the last two months. All right. So that was the end of round three. And as Roy likes to do, let's take a second. And I'm going to ask, what was your favorite shows of the week? A-E-Dub. A-E-Dub. Okay. Blake? A-W was my favorite show of the week as well. Okay. I think SmackDown ended up being my favorite this week. Um, so with that being said, my next, my first, my first, what the hell? The first of round four is going to be a rave for me and it's going to go to SmackDown and it's going to go to the little interview between Seth and Cesaro 
uh, with Corey Graves. This this was so stupid that it was hilarious. The just the fact that Cesaro starts, he's like, "There's there's something going on. There's there's something in the air, and it's swing in the air, and it's like, okay, you took the spring. Yeah, I get it, I get it. And then they just kept no matter what Seth says, it's just you're not gonna break me. You're not gonna get in my head or whatever. And he's like looking at Seth, and he's like, "Why don't you take your best swing?" And it's just everything that's being said, and even with Corey Graves in on it, just made it hilarious. Uh, they played off of the fact that Seth had like threw that fit backstage. He's like, I'm never going to get swung again. And then just out of nowhere, he gets swung by Cesaro back there. We talked about it earlier. 37 swings at WrestleMania. Let's see if Cesaro can pull it off and let's see if Seth can stand back up. Uh, but I just, just, it was so stupid. It was funny to me. And I loved the little just swing here and swing there that they kept doing. Um, Roy, your next one. All right. Rant to. Raw, and it's Braun Strowman. I'm not going to fight this. So, last week I didn't talk a ton about the train thing, because, and I'm being serious, I really thought it was either like a, a mis- I think, I thought it was supposed to be like a joke by Shane. Uh, then I'm like, when they didn't really acknowledge that, I'm like, it was something they tried, that's not something. Alright, we get to this Monday, and they doubled down on this train noise. I, you, any pass that I can give you in week one, any excuse I can give you when you double down the next week and you are dead serious about this, that's trash. This sound effect is one of the worst things. Uh, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And I would be embarrassed to be showing wrestling to someone and that happened. Commentary is where I feel it doubled down because they acknowledge that he got this new sound for his whatever the hell he wants to call his run around the ring bullshit. The Stroman Express, and it, and anyway, I would hate for, this so be commentary and, and have to push that. Furthermore, I cannot stand the wrestling trope of I don't want anybody to interfere. So steel cage. First of all, nine times out of ten, they still interfere. So stop saying that. This was the moment where I thought maybe Braun really is stupid, and I'm gonna choose a match where no one can escape. I'd have been better if this was a hell in a cell. No, this man says cage match. Literally, the point of the match is to escape Braun. He is stupid. I think he is. I think he's stupid. You you uh, have better odds of somebody not interfering in a regular match than a cage match. Yeah, the cage match is there so people can interfere at this point. Right. All right, Blake, your next one. Well, I was going to give a rant to Braun Strowman just for having a match against Jackson Riker. That was going to be my next one. And I have that, <laughs> but, too. But I, I crossed it off because I guess Braun, put it on got, the wrong side like a Braun got enough rants. And Monday Night Raw sucked. They got enough rants Raw at this point. Raw was horrible. So I'm going to go back over to SmackDown and give it a rave. And I'm going give to give a rave to the main event between Daniel Bryan and Jay Uso. Ring the bell. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for rant. Versus Rave! <laughs> I always forget that I don't have... Well, I guess I should still say ring the bell? Or should I just start screaming? I don't know what to do. I would... If if you're the one ringing the bell, at least say ring the bell like we usually do. Let, let the person know they're being challenged. I wasn't expecting this one. So I wasn't either, actually. I, I had a lot of fun with the match. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Because I don't, I don't even know, like... I didn't like have a pitch prepared to defend this because I didn't think it was going to get challenged. But I had a lot of fun with the match. I feel like Daniel Bryan just, man, like I, I, those WrestleMania vibes, I'm getting them back with Daniel Bryan. I, 
I don't know that he doesn't find a way to win this match somehow. It's crazy, and I shouldn't feel that way because odds are he doesn't win. But it's Daniel Bryan. He always finds a way here during WrestleMania to really get this push. And this one was the most unexpected, I think, out of all of them. We weren't expecting him to be involved in this. I, I understand that Jay, he's here to take the losses in the main events. Main event, main event Jay Uso typically doesn't win. He's also going against people that I think are just ahead of him in the game. And for that reason, it makes it makes it acceptable for me. Um, I, I honestly would like to see a little bit more of a variation. Uh, I don't want it to be too consistent where it's always Jay Uso just putting people over. But then I also look at it in a way that this is still a really good role for Jay Uso because without this role, we're not seeing Jay Uso in a main event. We're seeing Jay Uso on the shelf because Jimmy's not around. And it's it's a very easy transition to take Jay Uso, who's in the main event but losing, and still put him back in that tag team championship role with his brother because the people he's losing to. They're not, for one, they're not in the tag team championship roles. They're single stars, and they're stars at that. He's losing to Edge, Daniel Bryan. So when he does transition back into that tag team role, I feel like he's still going to feel really important to me. But uh, Daniel looked good in this match. Daniel's just, it's Daniel Bryan, and it really just helped build the hype for me. I loved Edge and commentary, and everything just worked for me. All right. Uh, for me, it's everything kind of leading up to the match that makes it hard to ever invest to begin with. Um, I didn't need to. What? What? Not? Not? Not even double, triple, or quadruple. What? What's the fifth one? Quintuple. Quintupleable. I didn't need to quintupleable down on the fact that. Daniel Bryan can beat Jey Uso. Um, the whole Jey Uso faces Roman's opponent before Roman thing is played out. The fact that he keeps tapping, not just getting pinned, that's a little played out. The fact that it's usually these matches where there's some kind of weapons involved, like that's going to make it a little better, is played out. This has been Roman's entire storyline uh, since the end of the feud with Jey, and it's why Roman has fallen so low on my list. Uh, Roman, uh, Daniel has probably had the best run leading into WrestleMania. So that part confuses me why he was even the one that needed the win over Jay. Um, I'm just absolutely bored to death with Jay Uso faces Roman Reigns' opponents while Roman Reigns puts his head down and he just can't believe it. He just can't understand. He's like so he's 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 confused that Jay Uso has lost his one hundredth match in a row. Roman is literally the only person ever surprised that Jay loses. And uh, psychologically, this doesn't accomplish anything for me because I know, Daniel, that you can beat Jay. You have four times in the last four or five months. Um, I like, you know, you touched on the fact that they're main event matches. And that's like giving me 2% of what I want. It's I'd almost rather you just not have Jay on TV. It's I'd rather just not have him than to keep having him lose. They're not even throwing in wins here and there like they used to for him it feels like the whole point is constantly oh my god what was it last week roman said as if this was a threat he's like i'll let him off his leash like you really <laughs> like right in front of you he's saying these things like he just said you're on a leash um and so daniel just he it's the same as if he beat an enhancement talent because in my eyes that's what jay is and i think that is what they they want me to see i think that's what they've told me repeatedly he was main event uso for that one week and I don't know why he's kept the T-shirt because it it hasn't went anywhere. Well, he's still in the main event. 
So whether he's winning or not, he's in the main events. Sure. Um, th- this is going to get a rave for me because I ha- I did have fun with the match. I get it, this kind of turned into a, a Jay Uso situation. I feel like, and to me, I do agree with Blake where. No, he's not the main event Uso from a couple months ago, but he does have his place. I really wish you guys would on. just say like, like it's so. How you're trying to sell me on the fact that Jay is like important at all? I would rather you just like the match than try and convince me in any way that Jay is important. He's not. He is just here to lose. But he whether is he's important. in, I'm not trying to convince matches, you that he's I, important. I disagree with that. I do think he's important. I understand what you're seeing, but one of the statements you made was. You would rather see Jay on the shelf than in this role, and I completely disagree with that because that is typically what happens to these tag teams, and that's why they fall apart. And for the Usos, they're they're going to be in the storyline with Roman, and while he is taking these losses right now, I do think he's had his highs in some moments as well. Um, one of them being Elimination Chamber, where he got a few of the pins. He got the pin on Kevin Owens. He started to, to get some of that back. While I agree, I think they're doing too much of what having him What has he even won lately? Well, I just I just spoke about Elimination Chamber. He didn't win it, though. I know. I understand that. But he got a couple of very important pinfalls in that match. Right, and that's what I said. They'll throw in a thing here or there to make you believe they have... Just so they can set up the next one where he loses and Mm -hmm. pretend that there's any point to it. My point being, I don't disagree with you in the fact that he doesn't need to be losing as often as he is. But I would much rather see him in these main event matches and in this role with Roman than not see him at all. And then for me, seeing him lose repeatedly has diminished it so much that seeing the matches means nothing it's it's just he's not even jay i don't know who it's just this random person that comes out and loses now if this ends up telling a completely different story and eventually jay branches off because of this shit would that work for you yeah, but that doesn't make this yeah, right now yeah. enjoyable. That was that wasn't that, that wasn't defending. that could be happening yeah. right now. That could be happening yeah. right now. So I don't. Yeah, it's not. It's not a matter of like, well, let's hope that it goes in the right direction. It could, and it may, and it may be a rave one day. But right now, this is he's one of the worst wrestlers because he just cannot win. And every week he'll be presented in these big matches as if there's a chance. And every week Roman puts his head down and can't believe it. It's just the same thing. I want Roman to lose his belt so bad. Yeah, it wasn't. I, I, I do feel like that's where we're going because yeah. we had that typical Edge got the upper hand last week. Brian's got it this week. Roman will get it next week. And, and if anything tells us going into a pay-per-view, if the champion's got the upper hand going into it, he's losing. Yeah, that wasn't that statement wasn't meant to And not to mention Brian himself that. specifically. Just if you look at the Brian and Jay matchup, that's been five, about five times. Yeah, yeah that, that, that question to you was more curiosity than anything not to defend i just wanted to get your input on that all right so last round even if he could win (laughs) once a month i guess that that may be a little different for me too it's just come out to lose and it's very disappointing who would you have him beat to build that up do you want him to beat daniel bryan do you want him to beat you know honestly if even if no, no, no. He doesn't have to be facing them. Yeah, did twice. Uh, yeah, every month. Uh, Who would you he, want to see him beat? I guess he doesn't even have to wrestle. Like if you're if you if WWE sitting down and saying there's no one that we can give him wins over, then just do story with him. You're diminishing this character when he loses every single week, and then you're going to want to put him in a match, and you're going to want me to care, and I don't because he cannot win. Who should Edge and Daniel Bryan be beating right now? 
you could just tell a story with them. AEW does it every week. They keep the people away from each other and they just tell stories weekly. But see, that's kind of hypocritical because you were upset that Edge is wrestling every week. Because Edge came out there and would consistently tell me like he he's here to work every week. I've referenced that every time yeah. I talk about it. So that, he came so that, on NXT. And with Christian, outwork everyone. We talk about the Christian outwork everyone. I don't like that. But I like the idea of him just keep bullshitting with it. It's, it's when you... Same thing why I dislike Roman. He's going to keep coming out here and telling me he's the absolute best and he's afraid of no one. He runs from every challenger. This man would just never wrestle if he had the choice. His whole thing is, I'm Roman, acknowledge me, I want to be the main event. Okay, Roman, you want a main event both nights? No, I only work one. And he don't even want to work that. It's just, it's very hypocritical of the characters and all the stories in place. And that, To wrap it back up into the Jay thing specifically, I am a fan of Jay. I let myself believe something was going to be different when they first started this program with him and he was getting the wins. He's just as talented of a wrestler as the guys that he's going up against. A few losses, you're right, it is up against bigger names, and that's why I made the excuses when it happened before. Now we're getting to a point where he's losing to those big names multiple times. I don't get why we need to double, triple, and like I said, in some cases, quench it to down on, on the losses. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think it has been more than needed. I a lot of the questions that I'm giving you or trying to get that I'm trying to get that feel like where where is the balance? Because I know you want to see weekly matches. You've said that like you like even big matches being on weekly television, and we need matches on weekly television. So I was just trying to find that like what is the balance to where we have these main events with Daniel Bryan? Who should he be facing? What should be happening if it's not Jey Uso? I think it's a little too much, but if it's not Jey Uso, who should they be beating? Should they be beating anybody? Just trying to find that balance. Does that make sense? No. Oh. All right, anyway, on to the last round. The last one that I'm going to give is going to be a rant. It's going to go to Raw, and it's going to go to that ending with you have two guys come out that you know Drew McIntyre is going to beat only for Bobby Lashley to essentially come out and and destroy Drew McIntyre. Why why was he trying to hire people to do it in the first place if you can literally just do it yourself? Makes zero sense. Literally all apparently all it took was one little hit from behind by Baron Corbin and for and, and for Bobby Lashley to lock in the hurt lock and Drew McIntyre's dead. Like it, this whole find someone in the locker room to take this up like I get the concept, but I'm sorry when you have the people involved that you know damn well are not going to beat Drew McIntyre, throw throw in a Sheamus. Just even though we've already seen it, Sheamus having another drive to try to go for the title. Let me go try to beat the shit out of him to get this title match. Anything with somebody like that. Even throw in Riddle, who's the U.S. champion. Some throw in somebody that I think would actually kind of have a chance in this. Not Ricochet and Ali. Um, and only for you to come out and be the one to destroy. After you made this this thing, I get that they're trying to tell something here between Corbin and, I guess Lashley. I don't know, but no. It, so what what you're seeing happen is the belt was only ever put on. This is my belief, and this is what I've said since it happened. Everybody always asks me like, "Do you buy in on Lashley now?" No, it's, and it's not that I don't buy in on Lashley. It's that I have no belief or faith that WWE is is buying into Lashley. I believe the belt was put on Lashley so that Drew could get a win for the belt. And I believe that dissolving the Hurt Business, and especially, it was never more evident than when they brought Baron Corbin in, 
the whole point is they, they do not want you to like Lashley. They want the Lashley character to annoy you. They want you to boo him come WrestleMania. And this whole thing was just for Drew. I would love to be proven wrong, but I believe the whole thing is just for Drew. Yeah, I agree. That's how I feel too. And I, I think I think in that segment, like Drew looks strong, but it was Lashley looked weak as well. And well, what? Drew kind of. I wanted to ask you guys about this too. This he looked like a crazy person to me. Like he's supposed to be like a locker room leader, and he go clearly nobody nobody has attacked you, you know. And there are some people are doing it out of respect, out of fear, whatever the reason. You go into the locker room and you start fighting them. What an asshole! Well, yeah. I, I guess it makes sense to his character. Like he wants the fight. Yeah. Like no, his but he went to the people that weren't. Fighting him, he started throwing them around. Instead of That's getting attacked, he wanted to be ahead that of the That hasn't been curve. Drew's character. Drew's character is, hello, fans, I'm a good guy. His character isn't go I told you he was healed the whole and time. And just fight random people. You, you Especially people me. that aren't wrestling him because they respect him. It didn't make any sense. I, I get I get what you're saying there. Yeah, I I think they were trying to, like Greg said, they were trying to position it that way, but it did make him look like a little bit of an asshole. Because Ricochet's not going to attack you. Everybody knows that. And he goes, Ricochet is like, What's up, bitch? You want to fight? And it's like, wow. And when he's backstage screaming at everybody, nobody is saying anything. So move on. Like, he picked the fight <laughs> with really, each individual he person. He really did. Like, there are guys... Of course, there were some who were going to sneak attack him. But there's others who you were like, they're, they're not going to do anything. And Drew's like, you want to fucking fight? And they're like, no, dude. Like, I Poor don't. Braun is already involved in the fight of his life with Shane McMahon. <laughs> yeah. Getting called stupid every week. And Drew's going to walk up to him while he's trying to change and mind his own business. He's like, what about you, big man? Yeah, big man. Why aren't you taking well, this that, opportunity, That proves that Braun shit. is even more stupid. Why wouldn't Braun want to take him out instead of fighting Shane? That is he a wants really a damn heavyweight point. championship. Braun's like, you know what, Drew? A championship sounds great, and that's what I've been asked for the whole time, but Shane's calling me stupid. No, no, so no. One, so, okay, to defend Braun... One thing that I've been thinking about this situation constantly is how much more patient he's been. And it's ever since he got that suspension for attacking Adam Pierce. So I like to believe that Braun is trying to better himself. He's trying not to always be enraged and just grab people up because he doesn't want to get suspended again. I think Braun's stupid. No, I think that too. Yeah. <laughs> also, Ricochet looked really good in that match, man. It sucks that he's in his role because yeah. he is super talented. And Ali did too. I was more impressed with Ricochet. But but Ali did too. It sucks that they're they're where they are. All right, Roy, your last of the week. My last one is going to go to the Santos Escobar Open Challenge on NXT because <laughs> it's a rant, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, I thought I just wanted to make sure. The same way I feel about what 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 do I care that Daniel beat Jay a fifth time? What do I care that Santos was able to beat Tyler Breeze? I don't care. It makes you look even more stupid. All I think about when I see this man is that he lost three on one. Yep. That's all I think about. And now, <laughs> your your build to show that you're you're the best is to beat Tyler Breeze. And I mean, I sh- sure who doesn't love Tyler Breeze? Like he's a great guy, right? And we all think that he he could have been in a better position. But if we look at the WWE universe and where he ranks his wins and losses when he can and can't get it done, this was clearly a match that he was he was not winning. And I can't understand. I'm exhausted. Well, I, di- I disagree old- with you. This is a big win. Think so? If it was 2014. Yeah. Here's my thing. I'm just glad they didn't do it with every typical I'm the champion, I'm the champion situation and have Devlin come out and just attack him and be like, no, because I'm the champion and you're not going for his belt. 
that whole thing whenever this is a situation is just annoying. So I'm actually okay with them allowing this match. So you'll always kind of like say this is better than that, so it's okay. But I think we should demand more. We shouldn't just say, "Oh, no, I'm not saying like, it oh, this stupid. is okay. It could have been worse, but it's okay, so it's okay." It, they're they're both trash. Both options are trash. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm personally glad it didn't go that route. I'm not you, saying it's not stupid that it went this route. You did specifically say so. I'm okay with it, and that's what I was addressing. I'm saying okay. Anyway, I was like, not okay with it because I was very bored from the start. As soon as this man had a mic, I'm like, if this is a match. It's probably going to be against somebody who's not going to make me feel any different about Santos, and that's exactly what it was. He's got to lose this belt. Yeah, he does. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a rave to NXT to to finish it off, and I'm just giving it to the Walter hype video because it worked. Damn it, I was hype. I'm excited for this match. I don't know if I'm putting as much stock into it as Roy is with Walter, but it's up there for me. I'm really really pumped about it and. He just feels like a big deal, and this feels like a big match. Just don't get to see Walter that much. That's yeah. what makes... I mean, if he was here every week, he's. it's probably not making my most anticipated, you know what I mean? But he feels like a special attraction right and it, now. And it also feels like it's it's carried Champ... It's brought Champ up a notch as well, because he had really... He's How really does been Thatcher falling. fit into this? That's what I've been trying to figure out. I don't does know. He, does, does he, he even factor fit in into at it at all? Yeah. I don't, I don't know, and I, I think that adds to it a little bit. It could ruin it as well. And that's a concern. That's a possibility. That's a concern. But... This this has been really big for Champa, and it's it's been really big for Walter because we just haven't seen him. All right, so on to honorable mentions. Blake, anything for rants? No, we we talked about Monday Night Raw. <laughs> okay, Roy, did we talk about Sheamus and Riddle? No, because there's another one. So Sheamus string of losses. Your champion yeah. who couldn't beat Bobby three times in a row finally squeaked one out. I believe in a triple threat. Hasn't been able to get many wins since then. We're doubling down on it probably to build a match later. It's just, it's not working. Um, Strowman and Riker was on there, but yeah. we did we did a lot. We had a lot of rants for Strowman. It's, it's funny because I agree with you about Sheamus and Riddle. I think I ran out of room on Monday Night Raw <laughs> for rant. That's fair. Uh, and I want to check in with you guys. How are we feeling about Zoe Stark still? Because I still don't really understand... What her place she's is. here to lose right now. It right. sucks that she's here to lose because she, that match was great. And they'll keep putting her in the main events, and they're like, oh, well, this is someone to pay attention to, and then she keeps losing. She's Jey Uso. It's very confusing. Um, and I think that's everything I have for rants. Uh, my last one was the exhibition on AEW. I, it's stupid. Again, we're bringing in more people for a faction, and it just didn't sit with me. I didn't mind it too much. It wasn't a rant or a rave. It's not on my book at all. And it was actually one of my honorable mention raves, so I guess okay, I'll start so with go that. Go on. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect with the exhibition. I wasn't really sure what route they were going to go here, whether it was just going to be respect. I felt like Cody was being kind of, a, kind of an asshole. And QT, when he straight knocks out Arn Anderson, I wasn't really expecting that. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then he goes, and we see this faction being born. Do I think that we're going to get anything special out of the faction? No, I don't. But... The exhibition match, it was okay for me. It was, like I said, it's an honorable rave. I can see why it'd be a rant because of how you feel about the factions, it seems like. So I'm willing to give it a chance. But and it may have been the, different if it wasn't for the fact that that's all I'm getting. Yeah. It, yeah. They, they, they definitely made a big push for factions. I It was a rave more so for me, the fact that he knocked Arn Henderson out because I did not see that coming. There were a uh, lot so of So you things. like to see men hit women and men hit 90 year old men? 
he and knocked them out. Ninety, damn it! But yeah, it was that was a definitely it was a moment. We'll say that. Did you like seeing Tully get his ass kicked too? Yeah, he, you're an he asshole. He asked for that. You're an asshole. He got in the match. Um, I had two more raves. Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez fighting all throughout the arena all night was pretty cool. Um, I'm excited for that match. I think Raquel needs to win. To be honest, Io has done everything she can with this belt. I think it's time to bring Io on the Raw or SmackDown. Hopefully they don't ruin her. That's always the fear. But she's at a point where she's had the belt long enough. She's had a great reign. And Raquel is really the only one that makes sense to take it off of her. And you got to do it when the time is right. Don't have Raquel lose. Draw it out. And eventually beat her. You could, it's just it's time to take advantage of the moment. Raquel. Has I think they've right actually already drawn it out a little bit too much. Maybe a little, little bit. The yeah. tag belts, you know, kind of sidetracking. Yeah. But maybe. A I can bit. still get excited. I still want Raquel to be the champion. They're on borrowed time before they ruin it with Raquel. Is is kind of my point there. And the last one was also an NXT. It was Cameron Grimes shocking the system, uh, getting a victory over Roderick Strong, which is a big victory in my opinion. Roderick's done some great things in NXT, but just. Just the games he's playing. What you was know, his? Grimes the system? Grimes, Grimes the, the system. system. I, I, I did have fun with Grimes it. Grimes the system. And going into his little country <laughs> twang shit. Uh, I'm, I'm sad we didn't get to hit the drop until Roddy ruined it. You know, He was about to hit the drop and Roddy couldn't wait. And understandably so. Roddy's going through some shit. But Cameron Grimes, man. I'm Cameron Grimes. All right, That's Rod- it for me. Um, all right. For me, honorable mentions, Rave. I did want to mention the they. It felt like they played around with the camera angles a lot during the inner circle fight, and I really liked that. Like when they're dragging MJF out, the camera was a lot lower on his face. It wasn't just kind of like a wide shot, and I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, I liked the NXT dog segment just because I like little things like that. Uh, any guesses on who that's going to be? Is it as simple as Carmella? No idea. No idea whatsoever, and I forgot to mention that, so good call. I have no idea who we're getting. All right. Well, is it Frankie? I, other than yeah, Frankie. Yeah, it said signed Frankie, and I'm like, is that the dog or the person? I, I'm hoping it's a whole new person. What makes you think that would be Carmella? Just the, the gimmick to it and then the boots, oh. the red theme. I don't, I don't think it would be Mella. I don't want it to be at all. I think it's going to be somebody we don't know. That's what I'm hoping. Um, then I have when Matt Riddle was backstage at one point. Somebody asked him if he was okay. He said, yeah, they checked me earlier. I laughed so much. Because I'm like, so he's so, like, bizarre backstage. At some point, the medical team pulled him aside and was like, do you have a concussion? So he's just getting checked for concussions at all time because he's just so goofy. Um, Johnny Gargano, on commentary on NXT, talking to Beth Phoenix at one point, he says, you think you know me? You think you know me? And she's like, okay, well played. Well, she's, like, kind of agitated by him. He's like, listen, on this day... He keeps he's keeps doubling down on it. Um, his interactions with Beth were really good. He's crushing it. And then another small detail. I really love this branding of Godzilla versus Kong for Luchasaurus versus uh, whatever grizzly bear it is that he's wrestling next week. And they're billing it as Godzilla versus Kong, which is perfect because the other guy is big, burly, and the other guy is a dinosaur. Yep. So it literally is Godzilla versus Kong. All right, so... I had Hey Hey Hop Hop, just because it it was it's one of those things. It was so dumb. I fucked up. So he just, just threw his vape at the was, mic. It was it was so dumb that I had fun with it. Um, the Roderick Strong and Grimes match was really good. I had I had Stark and Gonzalez because I thought the match was really good. It's just 
Stark's there to take losses, it seems. And then we talked about it earlier, so I didn't bring it up during the actual rant and rave, but the Battle Royale, again, I, I liked it. I liked the concept of it. Like Roy said, it was it was different. It was fresh. Um, and I had fun with it, and that was it for that. So, this week, your winner is A-E-W. Thank you.